You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about the series Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. Yeah, the same as we always are. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're discussing chapters 11 and 12 of the manga. Um, And I also want to just like quickly chat about the first episode of the anime because I finally saw it. Unlike (laughs) all you guys who actually had the privilege of seeing it in theaters. Then we're going to summarize chapters 11 and 12. Then we'll have our discussion and then our spoiler discussion. So I finally saw the anime and I thought it was really nice. Everything that everybody said about it was true. Like the music was really good. The visuals are really nice. It It is a, quite a bit darker. I saw a comment someone posted on Tumblr that was like, why is the new anime so much darker? And the response was like, because it's not a comedy or something. Like it was, <laughs> uh, it was funny. But you haven't seen, you haven't seen the ending theme yet. So no, I saw one of the theater showings, so... The they, just kind of, they just kind of smushed the episodes together and didn't have any kind of credits or beginning or anything. Oh, really? <laughs> the ending theme is good. I'll save it for you. I won't say anything well, about it. We'll do have little interviews of the uh, dub and Japanese cast. Oh, nice. Too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The, the dub is really good, actually. Yeah, that's the one I saw. I liked it a lot. The I mean, the, the subtitle version is, like, the Japanese voice acting is really good, too. But I was... I watched both of them, and then I was like, man, Laura Bailey's still the queen. Like, it's all I have to say. It's so yeah. good. If someone who can be Toru and someone who can be Lust, it's just, it's like, <laughs> it's just mind-blowing every time I think about it. And I feel like this performance was even better than the first time. Mm-hmm. So, And the other characters, yeah. I mean, they all did really well. But Yeah, it's fun with um, having so many of the returning voice actors. Yeah. A lot of them, like, those were really early roles for them. Yeah. It's probably their first role for some of them, but... Yeah. It was really early on in the days of anime dubbing in America being a, a thing rather than just, you know, whatever. And so yeah, was, to hear them from their, like, really early on in their <laughs> careers to now, yeah, it's quite really, an improvement. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I thought, like, Eric Vale sounded pretty much the same as Yuki. I thought he was a lot better because I remember he was probably my least favorite of all the dub voices originally. But, uh, like, he still had, you know, the same kind of voice, but I feel like he did a better job of kind of I feel like there was more the like character rather than just... <laughs> speaking the lines yeah i feel like there was more like emotion i guess in his voice which was nice mm. i don't i don't know that i like my opinion is that eric Ville's voice is not really good fit for yuki but i think he did a good job so yeah yeah anyway yeah it was nice and there were so many um i felt like so the anime i mean people commented about the original anime being really cheaply animated and stuff which is mm. obvious so it's nice there's so much more like detail in the motion in the new version like the one scene that sticks out to me was when she when toru picked up kyo for the first time as a cat and his little <laughs> feet like flop out of the clothes <laughs> i was like his feet it just made me really happy <laughs> i just think that overall like tone and feeling is much nicer i think you were mm-hmm. you were right when you told me that i would like it <laughs> i did like it I'm really looking forward to the rest. Anyway, I just want to throw that out there. I was just excited because <laughs> I was waiting all this time while everybody else was like, oh, I saw the anime. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> anyway, finally. Yeah, you get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> all right. Anyway, on to our regular, <laughs> the topic at hand, which is uh, chapters 11 and 12 of Fruits Basket, the manga. If you're reading the Tokyo Pop versions, this is volume two. And then if you're reading any of the other like collectors, collect edition versions, this is the end of the first volume. So like, yay, we made progress again, I feel like. <laughs> the end of volume two also, so double yes. progress. Yes, exactly. Uh, so chapter, oh, both of these chapters, um, I'm going to comment on it more, both these chapters have a lot of narration. So for the, I try to like summarize most of things because I just don't, I don't want to just repeat what's in the 
volumes, but this time there's a lot of like direct narration about what's happening, so I think there's going to be more like direct quotes just to put that out there before we start. So chapter 11 opens with the narration, the girl called Toru Honda. She doesn't think like most people. She readily accepted the fact that we turn into animals. She's been through more hardships than most high school girls, and yet she's always smiling. It's been four months since she started living with us, but there's still something that I haven't grasped. And I wonder if this narration is like Yuki or Kyo's, or maybe it's meant to represent both of them. Um, so the actual action opens at the table. They're sitting at the table again, um, eating, and Yuki and Kyo are arguing, of course, with Shigure about how returning to the main house to attend the New Year's banquet is like a waste of time, and it was no use leaving if they have to go back. Um, and Toru enters and asks why they're arguing, and Shigure explains that the whole family comes to celebrate New Year's at the main house. Um, and we learned a little bit about this last time, but we get a little bit more exposition about it this time, where we learned that there's also, in addition to regular, I guess, like an event for the whole family, there's a banquet that's just for the Junishi, and it can only be attended by people who are possessed by the spirits. Um, and at the banquet, the person who is possessed by the current Zodiac spirit does a dance with the New Year's, the, the person who's um, possessed by the Zodiac animal for the next year, for the New Year. So they perform a dance together. And Shigure adds on top of this that, that Yuki's dance from two years ago was beautiful and Yuki cuts him off by throwing daikon at him or something. <laughs> um, Toru um, thinks that the banquet is wonderful. It's like just like the legend. But of course, Kyo reveals that the cat is not invited. Um, and Toru frowns. It looks kind of dismayed. And he's like, well, don't look like that. It's not a big deal. And Shigure teases Kyo that if he went home, Kakura would be so moved that she would kill him. Yuki is like, forget about that. If we go back, then we have to spend the first three days of the new year at the main house as well, which would leave Toru alone all during that time. And it's revealed that Toru's family is ditching her to go to Hawaii for New Year's. And so she's staying at Shigure's, which I was like, how rude. How, like, I also forgot about this. There's like a little panel with her grandfather in Hawaii and they're like, grandpa. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot that they leave her to go to Hawaii. It seems quite... I don't know what the word is for it. It's kind of, it's just, it's un, they obviously don't care about, cool. no, it's not cool. They don't care about <laughs> her being alone. So Kyo is like, what, what? you're going to be alone? And Yuki's like, I just said that. And Kyo is like, <laughs> shut up. This is the first time that I'm hearing about it. And Yuki's like, that's because you don't listen. So it looks like they're about to fight again. Like Kyo actually, if you look at the illustration, he like grabbed Yuki's shirt, but Toru interrupts them and thanks them for thinking of her and asks them not to worry and that they should go home because it's been a long time since they've seen their parents and they should enjoy the new year with their family. Um, and then she's like, I'll take good care of the house while you're away. And then she's like, oh no, I left the bathwater running and runs off to turn <laughs> it on. And Shigure is like, we trust you, Torakun. <laughs> <laughs> and after she leaves, Yuki and Kyo kind of chill out and they announce that they've decided to go back. The narration that we saw from before continues and says that she knows what it means that it, uh, to lose touch with parents because she'll never see her own again. Yuki says that he'll just have to put up with Kido and Kyo insists that Kagura is not a big deal. We see some more narration again that says, I'm sure she'll be all right. If she insists, then it must be true. After all, New Year's is just another holiday. So we cut to Toru, I think later that day, seeing them off, um, and they tell each other to be safe and whatnot. Yuki and Kyo look apprehensive as she waves them off, and there's some more narration in the background that's like, I'm sure she'll be fine. Out on the streets, on their way to the main house, Yuki and Kyo are talking about how clumsy, or like, all these clumsy and ill-thought-out things that Toru has done, like leaving her window open, and falling down the stairs, and walking into walls, etc., <laughs> etc., <cetera>, et <laughs> Um, and in the 
yen press edition it says i think it says in the tokyo pop edition that she might she's the kind of person who would choke on rice and in the yen press edition it actually says she's the kind of person who would choke on mochi which makes more sense because mochi is something mm-hmm. they eat at new year's so um shigure is like guys stop worrying so much but then he throws it out there that there was a burglar in their neighborhood and yukinkyo like stopped it in their tracks and they're like shit she probably would let him in the house and like serve him tea and ask for his life story <laughs> And Shigari says that if they keep standing around in a daze, uh, and then Hana pops up from behind them, she's like, someone will crash into you. And they all freak out, and they're like, whoa, what a coincidence. And Kyo was so freaked out that he fell over on the ground out of shock. (laughs) I think it says in the narration, like, he fell out of shock or something. So they explain that they're on their way to the estate, and Hana says that Toru told her, and she kind of laments that Toru will be all alone since her mother is no longer there to celebrate with her. As she continues talking, Kyo and Yuki's faces freeze in this look of concern, and Uo and Hana, um, or Hana says that Uo and Hana both offered to spend New Year's with her, but she insisted on them spending time, Toru insisted on them spending time with their families. And she wonders what will become of Toru-kun. She's all alone. And when she sees all the lights and the decorations, um, she'll think of her mother. And again, if you're reading the Yen Press edition, which I thought was interesting, I just, I read these chapters because I never had before and it mentions something really specific it mentions these two really specific things instead of seeing all the lights and decorations it says um that toru used to watch it's like the dialogue that hana says is something like oh when she sees the um, japan record awards um and the kohaku uta gasen um then she'll think of her mother or whatever and those two things are two events that i i didn't know about so the Japan Record Awards is kind of like the Japanese version of the Grammys, and that runs on December 30th. Um, and they're both like nationally televised, so it's like a common thing for people to do to watch them. Um, the Kohaku Utagasen is, it translates to Red and White Song Battle, which is run on New Year's Eve. And it's this show where they, they divide up popular Japanese artists into two teams, one red team and one white team. And then um, at the end of the show, the judges and the audience vote to decide which group performed better. So I don't, I've never seen it. I just thought that was interesting to note. <laughs> Sounds really great, actually. <laughs> I feel like that's better than like Rockin' New Year's Eve. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a competitive version of Rockin' New Year's Eve. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, it's something that everybody watches. So Hana mentions that specifically. Anyway, Hana wonders how Toru will feel doing all these things alone. And Hana is like, will she really be all right? And then we're back in the narration that's been kind of running through the series and uh, I guess it's Yuki, maybe, or Kyo, or thinking, like, how did, back then, how did she feel when she watched us leave? How does she feel right now, all alone in the house? Kyo stands up and he bumps heads with Yuki, which Hana narrates, like, through the bottom of a couple of panels. And she's like, end of explanation. <laughs> um, Shigure is like, what are you doing? And Kyo and Yuki ignore him, and they're like, they kind of argue with each other, and they're like, what's with you? I thought you wanted to see Okido. And, and like, I wouldn't want to keep you from your precious Kagura. Um, but they... So they start stomping off towards Shigure's house, and Shigure's like, hey, where are you going? And they're both like, I'm going home. And so they stomp off and continue to argue, and Shigure asks if Hana planned that, and Hana's like, I don't really care what they do, I just wanted to do something nice for Torkun. Um, and she wishes that Shigure has good waves in the next year, and then she takes her leave. <laughs> and then Shigure kind of leaves her, leaves Shigure standing there thinking like, oh, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe he 
was also trying to convince them to go back with the burglar story. He's always trying to like lightly manipulate them into doing things. So maybe that's what mm-hmm. the burglar story was for. And then Hana showed up to like make that a reality. <laughs> anyway, so we're back in this narration again. And the narration says, it's been four months since we started living together, but there's still something I haven't grasped. So if you didn't catch that, that's the exact same narration as the first part of the story, or the first part of the chapter. I let it slip by me. I never realized because she's always smiling so pleasantly. We see um, Yuki and Kyo running through the woods and the narration continues. She smiles at even the smallest things. Yes, she's always smiling and she tells me what I most want to hear. Why didn't I realize? How could I miss that? So at peace by herself, no one is like that. We see another, a scene of her mother in the past giving Toru uh, Otoshidama, which is like money that adults give to kids on New Year's. The narration continues, I want to go home. I want to go home right now. I want to see her. And Kyo and Yuki burst into the house, into the living room with their coats still on, to find Toru sitting alone at the table, a photo of her mother in front of her, and tears in her eyes. And she's like, you startled me. What What on earth? And Yuki reaches down and he delicately wipes a tear away from her eye. And she kind of jumps up and her hands are up in the air. And she's like, uh, uh, I don't, um, what, what should I say? It isn't right. Me getting all emotional on New Year's Eve. I was just listening to an old Japanese folk song in my humble Japanese heart. <laughs> and um, Yuki and Kyo kind of like slump to the floor. And you can hear the thoughts, like whoever's thoughts they are narrated again saying, Thank goodness, if we hadn't realized, we would have left her to cry all alone. And Toru's kind of like, huh? Are you guys okay? And she is kneeling over them with her hands, like, still kind of up over them. And they reply, like, we're, we're fine. That We just want to see the first sunrise. And then the other is like, but not before eating some New Year's soba. And they kind of look up at her, and she looks down at them. And they're still kind of panting and, like, laying on the ground on the floor. Tears well up again in Toru's eyes and she cries, maybe with the realization that they came back for her. Um, and Yuki's and Kyo, Yuki smiles and Kyo kind of like frowns out of concern. And the narration says, I'm home. Back out of the main house, Shigure has arrived and he's greeted by a younger looking guy with light hair who Shigure calls Hakun. He says uh, Shigure is the last to arrive and he asks about Yuki and Kyo, to which Shigure says they ditched. And Hakun is like, oh, I can see Kagura raging like a fire and Akito quietly steaming. <laughs> um, Shigure says that he'll take care of Akito. Uh, the boy says that he wanted to challenge him to a fight, uh, but I guess he'll have to wait. And Shigure is like, please don't destroy my house. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he gets why Yuki and Kyo would want to skip. Um, there are things that even he can't stand. Sometimes he wants to run away. Shigure says that he doesn't think it's because they're trying to run away. He thinks it's because of another reason. They then run into Momiji, who is already dressed to dance. He's ready to go. And Shigure goes to talk to Akito about uh, Yukin Kyo not being there, I think. He goes to the room where Akito is, and he greets with this with a good evening. Akito is looking out of the window, and then Shigure with this look, really kind of also creepy look of what I described in my notes as malevolence. Um, it's really intense, I think, actually. He thinks, for now, you're pathetic, Akito. Um, we cut out of that, the dark hellhole that is the Soma house and uh, to the early morning at Shigure's house, um, where Yuki, Kyo, and Toru have gone up to the roof to await the sunrise, the first sunrise of the year. 
They explain that they ran into Hana on the way to the main house, and Toru thinks that Hana will be the first person that she calls in the new year. Um, she's like, Toru is like, are you sure it's okay that you're here? I'm not causing you trouble by being the only happy one, am I? And they're like, it's fine, we'll just go see them later. I think back in the narration, it says right about now, they're probably all in the middle of the banquet. I wonder if Akito is mad, uh, but strangely, I feel relieved. So this is why I think it's Yuki talking, because he says, I wonder if Akito is mad, um, but I feel strangely relieved. I don't feel an ounce of guilt. This time I've considered everything. I've thought things over about how I really feel and what I really wanted. We see Toru saying the sun is going to come, the sun is coming up and ask if they decided what to wish for. Um, she knows her wish already, and Yuki and Kyo blush. The narration continues. I think it might just be to greet the new year with her. And Kyo stands up, and he's like, this year I'm going to beat that damn rat. And Yuki's like, yeah, yeah, I keep wishing. <laughs> and that's the end of chapter 11. So, chapter 12. There's a lot of direct narration in this chapter as well, because it's Hattori kind of giving his own backstory. The chapter opens with Akito saying that Hattori is like snow. He's cold like snow. So we start with the narration. For a long time, if Akito or my father ordered me to, I would suppress anyone's memories. So even though I knew it would hurt Yuki, I erased his friend's memories. That's why when Akito uttered those words, in a way, he was telling the truth. And some of that narration is overlaid on a scene with a kind of younger looking Hattori and the little baby Yuki <laughs> crying on his knee. In the present, Hitori hears someone calling his name, and it's Toru who runs up and kind of happily greets him and wishes him a happy new year, and he snaps out of his memory enough to greet her back. Toru says that she almost didn't recognize him because his hair is longer. She says it looks like Shigure's, and Hitori is like, what? <laughs> turns away. Um, and then she's like, maybe he doesn't like it like that. <laughs> Hitori asks if she's alone, and she says that she's just going to make her first visit to a shrine uh, of the year with her friends and that Yuki and Kyo have gone to the main house and Hattori thinks that they're lying like they're just sitting somewhere eating uh, under a kotats eating oranges um, Toru asks what Hattori is doing and he says that he's just out for a walk he thinks uh, that Yuki had a lot of guts not to show up at the banquet um, and that it's the first time that the rat has skipped out on the banquet but then again who could blame him for choosing her over Akito and he says I know I couldn't or he thinks I know I couldn't Toru is surprised when snow starts to fall, and she, holding up her hands and looking at the sky, she says that somehow it's strange that I'm seeing the first snow with you, Tori-san. But Toru slips on some strategically placed snow and falls backwards, so Tori reaches out to help her, and they both fall back, and Tori hits his head on, like, the wall behind them, I think, um, in the process, uh, and of course transforms. Toru looks back into the pile of clothes where Hattori used to be and is shocked by what she finds, which is an adorable seahorse. <laughs> um, Toru... It was funny to do by trying to catch her. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe he just, it's, I think like there's this little cut where it's like, it's like the, the panel of her foot and then like a shocked face, like just the top, like his eyes or something or his hand and like a little exclamation mark. Like it's very abstract. And then, she's falling back into him and it looks like there's a sound effect where his head is and then it, it's a pile of clothes so it's very uh it's not like step-by-step shown what he but i think he just like reacted maybe um to maybe her falling like grab her shoulders or something i don't know but she's she was falling too much 
<laughs> I don't know exactly, but but yes. So she looks down into his clothes, and it's an adorable seahorse. And so she freaks out, and it's like water or salt water, which isn't Hattori-san. But Hattori slips into what I guess might be a concussion-based flashback. As <laughs> um, you do, yeah, of course. Uh, but he he starts to flash back to some memories of his past, and the first one is his friends laughing and being like, "Why is Hassan the only weird one? You're the dragon's bastard offspring," which is funny because. <laughs> So seahorse, the word for seahorse is Tatsuno uh, Toshiko, which is, it like, it means the dragon's bastard mm-hmm. son. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I think that's why the, why Momiji and Shigure were, like, l- chuckling in the last chapter. <laughs> um, Toru's reaction also reminds him, um, her reaction is exactly the same as Kana's. So we go into another flashback. Kana is introducing herself to Atori. Maybe we can assume this is like her first day at Atori's like office or clinic. Um, it looks like it's a location that's not necessarily in the Soma house. Um, even though he said he spends most of his time treating Somas or specifically treating Akito. She says it's strange that they haven't spoken until today, even though they're family. And she also thinks that everyone, she also says that everyone thinks he's handsome. Like he's popular even on the outside, quote unquote. Um, Hattori wants to get down to work and he like show, gives her a task but she's distracted and she says it's snowing um, and she asks him when the snow melts what does it become and Hattori thinks that she must be making fun of him and he answers water of course to which she responds wrong it becomes spring spring is my favorite season and then we cut into Hattori's thoughts and his narration and he says they say that being with another person can make you feel so much more alive I realized that and then what those people meant to me, she was spring. It was as if, while imprisoned in the dark cage of the inner family, I'd completely frozen into snow. And then there she was, fresh, clean spring. There's more narration that's overlaid as some scenes of Atori and Kana talking, nearly kissing. And it looks like there's some there's some floral imagery there that looks like maybe cherry trees or sakura. He, his narration continues, it was almost inevitable that I would fall in love with her, but it was also almost inevitable that she would find out. And we cut to Kana looking down at a tiny seahorse saying, water? Seawater? Which is a Hattori. <laughs> um, the scene continues with Kana drying Hattori off like there's a towel around his head. And he's like, if you threw a real seahorse in a bathtub, it would probably die. <laughs> and she's like, um, she says, uh, she apologizes and she says that she panicked, but it all makes sense now. She always wondered why Hattori would never hold her. She says, I understand that you must have been scared. You didn't want anyone to know your secret. Naturally, you would distance yourself from other people, especially someone that you loved. But there is no need to be scared anymore. Don't push me away. I'm happy I met you, Hattori. Tears well in his eyes as she continues. I'm happy that I fell in love with you. I want to be near you. They both cry together. And then we fade back into Hattori's narration. Again, over cherry blossoms, but this time's kind of losing their petals. The petals are starting to fall. He says, it was the first time in my life that I felt forgiven, like I was saved, like the frozen snow that's melted by the breath of spring. The tears wouldn't stop. The next two months were literally like a dream. It's as if a lifetime of happiness has been condensed into two short months, she said, smiling. Now that smile pierces my heart. The end of the dream came when I went to ask Akito for my permission to marry her. And... We see Shigure pulling what looks like Akito back, yelling, Akito, hold on a second, calm down, stop. The next page reveals Hattori kneeling, head bent, 
blood dripping from his face. Kana kneels in front of him, sort of hesitant. Shigure yells, Kana-chan, hurry up, help a Tori. Tori lowers his hands, covered in blood. Kana's eyes are wide with shock. And while this is happening, Akito is in the background screaming, why would I give him to you? I don't need you. You can't even break the curse. I don't need you. I don't. I don't. If a Tori goes blind, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. And Kana, at the bottom of the page, covers her face. In Atori's narration again, he says, She fell ill. No matter what I said or did, she did nothing but cry. I couldn't even blame Akito. It was the curse. And so she fell ill. Her heart fell ill. Um, we then see a memory of Akito talking to Atori. His eye is bandaged, so it was relatively soon after this event, I think, happened. Akito suggests that Atori uses memory suppression technique. He's like, just erase your memories. You had no problem with the others. What's hurting her now is her memories of you. It isn't, isn't it your final duty to her to free her from that pain? And Akito slinks a bit closer and grasps Satori's tie and says, I think she wants to be released. She wants to forget. We cut to another snowy scene. Kana kneeling below Hattori. Her clothes are kind of loose and disheveled. She says, I think it would have been better if we had never met. Hattori remembers Akito's words like she wants to forget and he thinks to himself, is this retribution? We see kind of blurry figures of Yuki and Momiji and some other shadowy figures. And he continues saying, even though it hurt people and made them cry, if it was an order, I would peel away people's memories without remorse. Is this my punishment? I never thought I'd have to erase with my own hands the memories of the one person most important to me. The memories most important to me. Hattori kneels down and covers Kana's eyes with his hand. And Kana begins to cry, and she says, I'm sorry I couldn't protect you. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Atori. He suppresses her memories, um, and they're shown in silhouette as she falls to the floor. And he remembers her words, I'm happy that I met you, Atori. His narration again continues, I'm the one who should apologize. I'm the one who couldn't protect you. But despite that, you only thought of me until the very end. If that's the depth of her love, if that's why she became so sick, then it's not right for her to suffer. Thank you, Kana, he says. It's all right now. There's nothing more. There's nothing there to hurt anymore. He cries as two of the main house help carry her away and thinks, Oh God, please let her find someone who can make her happy. I pray even if I die surrounded by the snow that never melts. I don't care. Please, please. We cut to the present where his eyes are starting to open and he can hear Toru calling for him. Toru has gotten him up onto a bench and kind of covered him, I think, with his coat. Um, and he's back to his human self. Hattori asks if he saw, and she's like, no! And then he's like, my, my Zodiac. <laughs> and she's like, yes! <laughs> um, and he kind of turns away super shamefully, and she's like, I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I, I was surprised, and you're cute. I never expected it. Um, Hattori gets dressed, and Toru goes to find some warm drinks for them. And we overhear a conversation. There are three women who pass by Hattori in the park. And it turns out that it's Kana and two of her friends. Kana is back visiting for the new year um, to talk to her parents about the ceremony because she's engaged. Um, she says he's not as good looking as Hattori's son, but he's kind and he can't lie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but he's he's the kind who can't lie. And she feels calm around him. She was always in love with Hattori, but it was one-sided. Um, it's the first time she's been back to the Soma house in a long time. And she wonders if she'll see Hattori and her friends are like, don't have an affair, ha ha ha. And she's like, ha, I won't, we're madly in love. Um, and Hattori thinks, I haven't seen her in two years. 
but she was smiling the way that she did back then. I see. So she's happy now. I'm glad. And then out loud, he says, congratulations. And Tori's like, congratulations on what? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, but Tori's kind of narration continues. And he's, he thinks time passes slowly, but steadily. I would be lying if I said that I wasn't shocked, but I'm happy to know that it was a good thing I let her go. I'm glad. And he remembers again the moment that he erased her memories and he stands up and asks Toru, when the snow melts, what do you think it becomes? Huh? She says, well, it becomes spring. No matter how cold it is now, spring will come again without fail. It's strange but true, isn't it? And Toru stands and Toru offers him the coffee that she brought. And on the final page, we have the narration again, someday the snow will melt no matter how cold it is now without fail. And that's it for this volume. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> More like crying, yeah. sad, silent tears. <laughs> it's intense, those two chapters, mm-hmm. back to back. And I felt like there wasn't think, more to say than just reading the narration. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. I think it's funny that it was, like, two chapters ago we got, like, told Hattori's backstory. And then, yeah. like, now we're like, oh, we're just going to show it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. It's, I wonder, it's an interesting choice. Like, it's interesting that you point that out. It's an interesting choice to have it be be foreshadowed and then almost immediately delivered on mm-hmm. this backstory he yeah, makes i a, think they combine them in the first anime i think you're I right think the, yeah i think you're right i think uh i think they do the whole flashback when toru's visiting the first time yeah i think you're right i don't think they have that scene of her coming back and saying that she's getting married yeah probably not yeah it's but because, i remember i think yeah. toru like slipped off of the like back porch or whatever porch she slips off the the wraparound porch there's a word for it that I can't remember, but yeah, she slips off the thing into his garden and he catches her dramatically anime style instead of her, yeah. instead of being concussed that way. <laughs> and then it's like the whole, it, they cut in the whole flashback of mm-hmm. uh, Kano throwing Tori into the bath. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think Momiji, all of that, all of those things happen at the same time because Momiji is there yeah, and Momiji I mean. gives the backstory too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think it's when she, when she visits the house for the first time with Momiji and Hattori. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, I don't fully remember, but I think I, <laughs> no, I think you're right. All happening at the same time. And then Momiji goes to get a warm drink. <laughs> yeah, and then he comes back and he didn't bring enough, and he has this little like funny face. I remember. <laughs> oh yeah, because then like Shigure shows up. Yeah, exactly. Like, and they end. all they all get drinks, and then Momiji and then they doesn't. Ah <laughs> Because after a dark backstory, all you can do is laugh. Although I guess the only one who experienced it was Satori. So yeah, at that time in the anime, so. It's interesting they're there it's delivered on right away. I guess maybe because things are maybe it's like just to give a little more well we're slowly getting darker and darker. So mm-hmm. like the the things that we are hearing about the Soma house they're getting more and more intense. So maybe it's just like building up on that and then or maybe she just went, "Oh wait, I need snow for this chapter and we're going <laughs> into spring soon." <laughs> yeah, it's new year so better snow. Well, like New Year, also like it. It was New Year's, and New Year's is obviously like the New Year is a time of change. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is just supposed to like kind of frame how Toru is going to maybe change or kind of um, engender some change in the in the family. Like he, I think it's really interesting that they like Hattori directly compares her to Kana, and I think it's interesting that I think it's interesting that Akito was like, "You can't even break the curse" when he's talking about Kana. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if Hattori thinks this is something that's going to happen again. We did talk about last time, we speculated about why Hattori might have asked Toru to come to the house by herself to try to get her to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe he just, this is still like he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her, like what happened to Kana. Yeah, I don't know. They're very directly compared, though. 
Yeah. And I, I think it's like, I guess if you're not reading too deeply into it, it's just that their personalities are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there's, there's more, I mean, like they, the way they think about the world and things, I guess, could, you could say that it's similar because of the way they answer the, when the snow melts, how does this, what does it become question? But then they also are similar in the fact that they are both getting deeper and deep. They both got, like, Kana got very deep into the family. She also found out about the secret, and Toru has as well. So mm-hmm. maybe this is just supposed to be some, like, tension building that we have, like, a directly foreshadowed experience here. Almost, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, it's something that happened that is being alluded to very strongly as someone being in the same situation. Yeah, like what happened last time an outsider got... It's about to happen evolved. again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we see, like, Hattori is like, I've seen this before, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe. And their reactions to him transforming were exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is just, like, it's also just funny. Like, it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. We could talk about Hattori's zodiac form. We finally found out that yeah. he's the <laughs> seahorse, you know? <laughs> My favorite animal of the zodiac. <laughs> um, but I guess he's supposed to represent the dragon. There are some, even in English, there's some seahorse species that are called sea dragons. Yeah, that's true. It made sense. It always made sense to me, even when I read it, before I knew that that, I can't remember which version it was, but I saw like a translation note or something at the end of one of the volumes that talked about why they think it's funny and like why it's a pun. But like, even before I knew that, I was like, yeah, duh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) He's also really cute. Like we talked about um, Kagura and Momiji's zodiac forms being super cute. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Katori's is too. <laughs> I love his little like seahorse. In the anime, when he transforms, he's like, meep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's what I imagined when I saw it in the anime. Not, I mean, in the manga this time when I was reading it. Not that that's true, but <laughs> it just makes me chuckle every time. It's gonna be kind of sucky to have like, yeah, well, they can't do anything when you transform. <laughs> he just flops sure, around. Like, happen to be in water, yeah. <laughs> Well, she and then she throws him into the bath, but then he's okay. Yeah. So, like, I guess does he even need to be in water? This is a question. Also, wild Probably speculation. Not. I don't think so. We talk. I wonder if he has any like Aquaman powers. <laughs> like, do you think he could talk to fish? <laughs> I guess he could talk to other seahorses, but they're not that bright, so you probably can't get him to do much. <laughs> he's like, swim this way. <laughs> like, yeah. they're not very mobile fish. Either. Yeah, I was gonna say, then they're like, okay, but then they get swept away in the current and go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> they can like hang on with their little tails. That's yeah, cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Um, maybe he can give birth to live young. Maybe. <laughs> like the junior <laughs> situation yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But like, it doesn't seem like, at least that we can see in this chapter or any of the times we've seen him before, that he has any real connection with like his Zodiac animal, dragon yeah. or otherwise. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine he would have the same as everyone else. He just probably, you know, you don't spend a lot of time near seahorses <laughs> compared to like you know cats cats and dogs maybe he goes to the aquarium and they all like swim up they to all, him like, press against the wall yeah press they're like hey the <laughs> and they're like hey how are you what are you doing or whatever like the cats mm-hmm. did when they showed up with kyo yeah. <laughs> he's like i'm never coming here again <laughs> where's the fanfic i mean <laughs> it, yeah i don't maybe we can say without spoiling a lot that i don't think that there's a lot of other kind of like detail about his zodiac form it's just that he's a I don't He's think so. It's mostly there to be a gag. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he even transforms again that I can remember. So Probably not. I don't think so. A lot of them don't much after they're introduced. Yeah. I think really only like Yuki and Kyo. Yeah. Which, I mean, makes sense. I mean, they're trying to not transform and yeah. reveal their secret to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, that, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I don't know if Kagura ever transforms again. 
Well, they can also, she can also hug Toru without transforming. So, yeah. The one who really instigates all of the transforming mm -hmm. is Toru. So, for the most part, yeah. I can think of some characters who do, but they haven't come up yet, like who transform more later. So, yeah. Um, and I can think of some that don't really that yeah. come up later. So, yeah. But I mean, whatever. We can, yeah. We'll save it for later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was all very interesting. And I also thought it was interesting that Hattori said that this is the first time the rat has missed the banquet. Like, mm -hmm. getting back to all things that Hattori thought, which was a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Zodiac stuff. Like, it's we could talk about the banquet, which mm -hmm. is kind of a... It's a big deal for the Soma family. Yeah. I think it's interesting that the cat's not invited to the banquet, but mm -hmm. Kyo is apparently still expected to come back home for New Year's. Yeah. Well, it seems like the whole family comes home for New Year's. Yeah. But yeah, he's expected to go and be there, but then he's expected to just like chill and not go to the banquet. So yeah, yeah. hang out with the outsider people, I guess. I, I, I guess. <laughs> Can you imagine? They're like, who is that guy with orange hair? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, while they're up in the morning, like while they're up watching the sunrise in the narration, which I'm pretty sure is Yuki's. Um, like I think the, it's meant to be both. I think it's... I. At first, I interpreted it as both, and then when I got to the end, it's like, I wonder what Akito thinks. I make, I mean, yeah. I don't know, maybe Kyo does I mean, care about what Akito thinks. Yeah, I mean, I think they both, on some level, are afraid of Akito being angry at them, so mm -hmm. I think, because, like, everyone's afraid of Akito being angry. Yeah, that's true. They did, and, I feel like they might have risked a lot. We know that Akito's yeah. dangerous. Mm -hmm. I feel like... Yeah, I think Yuki yeah. probably risked a little more, but I think they're both, like, they've both been expected to, to be there and aren't. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. But yeah, I think it is kind of, it, it seems like it represents how they both feel. They act, mm -hmm. again, like they act in unison again in this chapter. So, yeah, yeah I wouldn't be surprised. But they say, um, when they're on the roof, they're like, oh, I bet the banquet's in full swing right now. And I'm like, is the banquet mm -hmm. all, it's all night? And like all, how long is the banquet? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's, it's a long party. Probably is, yeah. Yeah. They gotta do a dance. They gotta eat food. <laughs> You eat a lot of food, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. They probably gotta like all individually go and see Akito. <laughs> yeah, they probably do have to all go talk to Akito and then and be manipulated by Akito a little bit. I'm yeah. sure. But yeah, I I do think they they risked a lot to be with Toru instead of the family. Mm -hmm. Would you like to talk about some Japanese New Year traditions that I have googled <laughs> to explain? <laughs> would you like me to say yes? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is all like a very high level. I'll post some like additional things in the show notes for people who are really interested. Um, mm -hmm. But like we last time we talked about if it's is it the Lunar New Year or like the time that we would celebrate New Year's in North America. And it says I, I noticed on Wikipedia that it says that they've been celebrating in Japan. They've celebrated New Year on the like Gregorian calendar date since 1873. So <laughs> I hope that answers your question <laughs> or like the th topic that we posed, I think. And also it's, it is typical. So Yuki and Kyo say that they have to spend the first three days. They're expected to spend the first three days back at the Soma house of New Year. Um, and spending the first three days after the New Year with your family is typical, I think, for most families. I mean, I'm sure like the draw for them is much more, the expectation is higher, but yeah, um, I think that's common. There are some common decorations that are placed at entrances and above doors and I think like maybe that's what they were preparing before. Like I wonder, remember how um, Shigure, Hattori was teasing Shigure about coming back to look at the decorations or the preparations mm -hmm. for New Year's. So maybe that's what they were preparing, like preparing all of the, like the decor or preparing food. There's a lot of food, like we were just talking about. There are a bunch of traditional food items. So like when Yuki and Kyo come back, they mentioned that they want to eat New Year's soba together. This is called uh, Toshi Koshi Soba, which means like year crossing soba. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. And it's supposed to, all the food that are traditionally eaten at, at around the New Year have like pun or symbolic kind of meaning, which is why people eat them. There's um, food called Osechi, which is like food that, it's a, a mixed bunch of food that's stored in kind of like bento box style, fancy style bento box looking things. And it's a mix of different cooked or dried or preserved things that have symbolic meaning or are considered to be auspicious um, that's eaten over the first couple of days. And the reason it's all like cooked and preserved is because it used to be considered taboo to cook during the new year, except for making ozoni, which is a soup that's traditionally eaten in New Year that has mochi in it. And then some traditional activities are like visiting the shrine for the first time, which Toru mentions when she sees a Tori. Watching the first sunrise is common. I always, when I read this the first time, I thought that was just something like they did. Like maybe Toru did it with her mother and so she convinced them to or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think that's a common thing. There's like a specific word for it in Japanese. They're I used also... to do that a lot. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Then I got too tired to... <laughs> I never did that. Because the sunrise is at like 8 o'clock on New Year's. Yeah, it's It's so long. quite late in the morning. Um, Yeah, I've never done that. We always just went to bed. And also, I don't know if they stay up all night. I think, I'm not sure if they stay up all night or if they go to bed and then they wake up really early. (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, I don't, we never, I mean, except for that time that me and you did that (laughs) when we were in high school. I never did that. There's some other... I used to do it like, mostly when I was home from college and didn't have anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay up and watch the first sunrise. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Like, yeah. it is very... Like, watching the sunrise is... I feel like I watched the sunrise a lot when I was in university and I, like, worked mm-hmm. all night. <laughs> but yeah. Or, like, when I... Like, it's really... I mean, obviously... So, I live in... I, I grew up in the States and then I moved to Canada. So, like, here, of course, the sun rises much later. So I'd be going to school in the morning in the winter and like be on the bus going to school and I'd get to see the sunrise. And it's like, oh, it's nice. Like, it's very <laughs> watching the sunrise is very pleasant. It's yeah. just not when you're being forced. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's nice. I could see why that would be a nice tradition. And then there are some traditional greetings like Tori, uh, Toru says, like I think it's just translated as Happy New Year, but she says like a specific greeting in the Japanese um so all those things i have some detailed links if people are really interested um in learning more about that but yeah i think i'm guessing that the soma's like preparations and decorations are probably like quite extensive and then of course there's the banquet which is not it's like an addition on top of what the traditional uh kind of celebration activities and foods are mm-hmm. so i imagine the banquet is probably really intense yeah i wonder speculation the- if the costumes are used or reused each year or if they make them oh, custom since they're growing there is because <laughs> that could be something there's an author's note about it let me find it for you i just i, I saw that it was supposed to be like different, different. For each person but like i'm wondering if like you know like do they have like a set yuki yuki when he was 10 isn't gonna fit in the costume no so. <laughs> oh baby yuki when he's like 18 yuki or whatever when he's 18 22 so. or something yeah i'm looking for the author's note it says, in reality, the costume for the dance of the Chinese Zodiac is different every year. But here I have Momiji and Yuki wearing the same costume because I thought that if they had different costumes, it would be hard to understand. Um, so I guess they do. They have different. I guess they wear different costumes every year, but I guess that means they make new costumes every year. Yeah. Yeah. So question answered <laughs> by Takaya herself. <laughs> and yeah, I guess you wouldn't have seen that if you're reading a collector's edition one because all the notes are removed. So yeah, it's interesting. Although the banquet is interesting. Of course, Toru is really excited that they have a banquet and then is immediately disheartened when she finds out Kyo can't go. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that they exclude him. It's like they keep, they are really trying to keep that 
tradition the same, it seems. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Tori's family not taking her to Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so deeply offended. <laughs> it's like Definitely how. Not on Tori's Christmas card list. No. <laughs> oh, I didn't say this, but they also people, another thing that um, is a tradition of the New Year's writing postcards, like New Year's postcards that you send to everyone so that they're delivered on January 1st. So they're not getting her New Year's postcard <laughs> rather than her Christmas card. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought, I just, I, one, I forgot that that was what happened. I just like, you know, assumed that she didn't want to go or they didn't, mm -hmm. I don't know. I never didn't think about it too deeply. And now it's like, it's even worse. Like they <laughs> are traveling and they're leaving her. I mean, it just goes to show how, what kind of relationship her she has with her family that's still alive, mm -hmm. which is not a very close one. Yeah. I also thought it was really interesting that stylistically these chapters are quite similar, like um, in that both of them have really extensive narration that's overlaid across the whole thing that kind of communicates some kind of overall message. In the first one, it was like this narration that maybe we attribute to both Kyo and Yuki that talks about something that, that they didn't realize how much Toru was being affected like she's always mm -hmm. smiling. She's been living with them for four months and they still perhaps didn't realize. I don't know. I guess like that she's being affected by, or I would, I would assume that that what that's meant to be talking about is how deeply she's affected by not having her mother. Mm -hmm. And then of course we get a Tori's narration. That's basically, it's like narrating the story of his time with Kana and what happened. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. We ended up talking about them together and that they're paired together because they have the same structure and it's yeah. a structure that hasn't been used very much before. I don't think that it has like deeper meaning. I just thought it was interesting to point out. Yeah. Um, we can also talk about, we learned more about Hattori's memory suppression technique. Mm -hmm. Or we kind of, I mean, I don't know that we learned more about it. We just saw it in action, right? Yeah. <laughs> in his memory. Mm -hmm. So before it was all like, he erases their memories. He erases their memories, but we didn't know anything about it. And now we saw how he erased Kana's memories which is that he covered her face with his hand um and then she kind of like fell backward in the anime mm -hmm. there's like a little shiny light that's that is like the yeah. men in black <laughs> mind erasing <laughs> thing i think you, you've said before <laughs> yeah we also saw like while he's thinking about in his narration he was talking about how he erased a bunch of people's memories and you see like all these kind of shadowy figures including yuki and momiji mm -hmm. so i think it's interesting that momiji was also included there i mean we know that momiji knows about kana so maybe that has something to do with it i don't know but he's yeah. he's shown in that kind of little part of Tori's memory as well yeah and he also looks pretty young just like he does yeah they both look young and picture. young hattori looks young when it, yeah was, there too. i was thinking that in that first bit where like yuki's like crying on his knee there mm -hmm. he's in like it looks like a high school uniform maybe yeah a middle school uniform like it does. It's pretty pretty young being forced to do this. Yeah. Well, it's uh, well, like okay. So, I don't think it's covered in this, but I remember that like Tori and Shigure, they are they're like maybe ten years older ish than the main trio. Like they are mm -hmm. in their late twenties, like twenty seven. So that means yeah. they're like about ten years older than Yuki. So say if Yuki's like, I did they say when his they erased his memories? Hold on, his friends' memories. I think he did say how old he was. I don't remember. I'm looking it up. This is great. Yeah, it's great material. You may have to erase your memories. Uh, I was playing. Oh, it says I was in second grade. Long ago, 
our secret got out like it did today. I was in second grade. I was playing in the yard at home when a girl hugged me as a joke. And in the end, everyone had to have their memories erased. So if he was in second grade, he's probably like seven or eight. I don't know. I don't know what the how when you enter school in Japan, but yeah. so that would, yeah, make a Tori like I don't know, eight, seventeen or eighteen. Like maybe he was still mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. So yeah, he looks young too. Mm-hmm. I do think there is. Oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? I do think there's a author's note. I know that there's an author's note in like a much later volume that has more detail about Hattori. Yeah, and she has little profiles that has like. Yeah, it says when he learned. I'm pretty sure it says when he learned when he was taught the memory suppression technique. Mm-hmm. he mentions that his father he says like if Akito or my father ordered me to suppress anyone's memories then I had to do it so we, I guess mm-hmm. we got some information that his father is also involved yeah. um, with the memory suppression so his father knows something about it um, mm-hmm. it's not really clear yet I thought it was interesting how at the end of the chapter Kana says so when Kana's talking to her friends at the very end she's like she remembers Hattori so she 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 talks about him so it's not like he she completely forgot about him which is interesting mm-hmm. and she says her her feelings were one-sided it's like she remembers loving Hattori but not how he felt or something like I'm not sure what that's implying is also speculation but I think he says like he's like erasing their time together mm-hmm. and like when she first introduces herself she says something about how like everyone thinks he's handsome so I think she probably <laughs> just had like a crush on him beforehand maybe, and maybe just she... remembers just remembers having a crush on him Maybe I wonder if not that they ever met or had a relationship. I wonder if her friends remember that they went out, like the people that she's with, because they know about him. They're like, oh, just don't make sure you don't have an affair with a Tory or whatever. Uh Mm -hmm. So like they must know something. They must have gone out. Maybe she like put maybe, you know, like in her mind, she put two and two together that she remembers how she felt about him, but not the memories with him specifically or something. And that's why she thinks it's one sided. I just think it's, it's interesting how the. All of, all the information about how the memory suppression works is like implied, and it's implied that she doesn't remember some things, but she does remember other things about him. Mm-hmm. We also got, I think, a couple of times, like on a on a completely unrelated topic, at a couple of times in other chapters, we talked about them eating meals together. So mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that again at the beginning of chapter eleven, they were eating and they were arguing. Like Kyo and Yuki were arguing, um, and then when. Toru then tells them they should go visit their families and they like chill out and they they decide to go back and then also when they come back Toru's sitting at the table alone and she's not eating anything like she's she's sitting and looking at her mother and then when when they come back they also talk about like having a meal together mm-hmm. so it's kind of again like that that act of eating together is like used to frame a chapter right and the fact yeah. that they also skip out on the banquet which is a big deal like a huge meal that apparently lasts for a long time is also part of that. They're choosing to be in this like other situation with this other person rather than going to the banquet. And it seems mm-hmm. being a big deal. Yeah. Or just something also to like the, the use of the word home in that chapter. Mm-hmm. It's like, they keep talking about like going home for new year's, which means the Soma estate. But then when they are They're, deciding yeah. to go back to Toro, they say like, we're going home we're and going I want home. to go home. So I want to go home. Yeah. You're so totally the right. Real, the real home is with, with Toru mm-hmm. and Toru's like oh I'm staying here like as if that's if you go and be with your family during New Year's then yeah yeah her she's there and they come back to be with her you're totally right and I think that uh the ending scene with them coming back and then going up on the roof is another iconic moment oh yeah you're right yes the series <laughs> yeah there was another iconic oh yeah I know 
<laughs> the other iconic scene is though the the Hitori's cold like snow or like when the snow melts what does it become mm-hmm. is also very iconic yeah yeah I'm also gonna I'm gonna call that a theme that no matter how cold it is now the snow will melt yeah I think you're right <laughs> there's like a lot of um these two chapters had a lot of talk of change Mm-hmm. like the new year i think i said it just like five seconds ago but the new year itself is is seen as a big time of change the fact the sun is coming up like it's the dawn of a new day mm-hmm. there's other additional like the snow melting imagery there's a lot of floral imagery in these chapters yeah i have a half formed theory about the floral imagery which i'm working on <laughs> there's a lot of like so in not in this chapter and i didn't talk about it last time but in the first chapter with the first time, like, when um, Bomiji talks about Hattori's backstory with Akito, there are, um, there's a tree, there's, like, a what looks like a Japanese maple tree shown, and the leaves are falling, so as if it's, like, setting up for this. Mm-hmm. Then we get into these chapters where the um, trees are blooming. Like, behind Toru, even on the first page where there's that narration where it's, like, uh, Toru's not an ordinary girl, she's been living with her for four months... And like uh, she doesn't think like other people or whatever. There is a tree that's blooming and has buds on it. I'm not sure what tree it's supposed to be. I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time googling it, but it's like regardless of what type of tree it is, it's flowering. And then there's a lot of this like floral imagery that's clearly cherry blossom trees with um, with Inatori and Kana's backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of sort of representing how short they're time together was yes like it shows them fleeting. like blooming at the beginning and then starting to fall off and I, I think cherry blossoms are kind of like known for being short-lived yes according flowers. to <laughs> so there's like a whole just like there's flower symbolism in western culture there's like significant flower symbolism in specifically in japanese culture too and mm-hmm. the cherry blossom does represent as like typically used to represent the sort of like fleeting and passing of time and ephemeral nature of mm-hmm. things such as their relationship. Did you notice that it said that they were only together for two months? <laughs> yeah. I never noticed that before. <laughs> two months they were together. Must have been true love. I was just thinking of the... <laughs> was it Fallout Boy? <laughs> you're a cherry blossom. <laughs> Looks so pretty, but you're gone so soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, remember centuries or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get the MMB out. That's all I should say. <laughs> we write the fanfic for <laughs> for whatever I said about Atori earlier. Atori and the seahorses at the aquarium. And then we make a MMB for centuries. Um, I could make a good one for that. Probably, because it has literally like, remember me for centuries. Symbolic, uh, some legends are told. Some turn yeah. to duster to gold. <laughs> all right, well, I'll get right on that after we finish this podcast. <laughs> someone other than me should <laughs> do that i can't yeah i would enjoy it (laughs) but yeah there's a lot of um there's a lot of imagery of change i think like snow is also ephemeral like we know that it's not going to be there forever even though hattori is like if i'm covered in snow forever then (laughs) or if i'm like you know frozen forever in the dark snow of the family or whatever he says i don't know i'm just (laughs) putting putting words together (laughs) all his i wonder um I need to look more closely. I didn't look very closely at all of his narration in the Japanese. I checked one thing, which was to see how he describes his feelings for Kana, which is kind of interesting. So a lot of times in anime or in manga, you see that people say, like, it gets translated as I love you, but they say, like, ski or daisuki. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if you start to dig into Japanese at all, then you know that that's also how you say, like, I like something or I like this. Like, I could say, like, whatever, <laughs> furuba ga daisuki or whatever. Like, I like, mm-hmm. I really like fruits basket. But then there's this part where Hattori says, I've, it's like, it was inevitable that I would fall in love with her. And when he actually, the word that he uses is I, so like, I shite, like the, mm-hmm. the phrase you would be familiar with is like, I shiteru. So I did do, I looked those up a little bit. Um, so people had some interesting comments about them. Let me just open them because I wasn't really planning to talk about it, but now I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll also post these articles um, in the thing in case you're interested because there's, there are a couple of phrases. So like I already described kind of ski and daisuki, which is just like to like or to be fond of. Um, but then there's other, there are other words for love, like I or koi. You would, you, Kayla, you would be familiar with the word koi from... Um, <laughs> That car ca- catch you catch me. <laughs> yeah, she's like, koishiteru. That's like the one of the last lines, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's gonna be stuck in my head for a week. So thank you. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the difference between so I have like a nice, an interesting like I like looking at forums for some of these like um, connotations between words because people have interesting interpretations of them from like their own personal experience and stuff. So some people are saying that like. Koi is something that you fall into. It's more like being infatuated. I is something that you do actively. Um, it's in it generally, more generally means love. Sometimes they show like in these articles, there are some charts that compare like words that have the word koi in them versus words that have the word I in them. So hold on, I'm looking for one. So words containing, uh, uh, let's go words containing koi first. So for example, there are some phrases with the word koi like this is from an article on Thoughtco, which if you're looking up Japanese stuff, they usually have interesting articles too. Um, so some words for that contain koi are like hatsukoi, which means first love. Koi bito is like one's boyfriend or lover or girlfriend. Um, koi bumi is love letter. Koi gataki is a rival in love. So just keep those in your mind for a second, because then you have words with I in them are like, Aidoksho is one's favorite book. Aijo is affection. Aikenka <laughs> is dog a dog lover. <laughs> Aisha is like a car one's cherished car, it says. It's the word I and the word for car. <laughs> um and then ha- Hakuai is philanthropy. So like I think like the word I is more it's more like um a deeper so the word like koi is more like infatuation. The word ai is more like, um, or like infatuation or like romantic love. The word ai is more like a deeper connected love. So versus like just to like liking to your car. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying those are words that have it. The koi ones are like really clear what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be, right? Like a lover, a love letter, um, or like a way of interpreting it, I think. So Hattori says, there's all these phrases where Kana is like, um, like someone you cared about. She says like Tsukinahito or something instead, like someone that you, someone that you, that you like. Hattori says, when he says it's inevitable that I would fall in love with her, he says, I like Aishiteru. So I think that his feelings for her were quite deep. They weren't just, he wasn't just infatuated with her. Like he deeply loved her. I feel like that makes it even more sad. (laughs) <laughs> like the first time I read that the first, one of the very first things I did when I got the volume the Japanese um, collector's edition that was one of the very first things that I looked at because I wanted to see what he actually said 
Um, mm-hmm. This was before we did this podcast, like a long time ago. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, it's even worse than before <laughs> to myself. It's really sad. It's very, he, he deeply, deeply cared about her, was beyond being infatuated with her. And then it's, it even, it makes that line that she says even deeper where she's like, it was one-sided. Like it, not even deeper. It makes a dig even deeper that it was, <laughs> that she's like, all oh, my feelings were one-sided. That was kind of a tangent about something mm-hmm. that I think is really interesting about specifically about especially shoujo manga and anime um like the way that people talk about how they feel about love is always really interesting and it's difficult to translate specifically so he really he really deeply loved her it's interesting that after only after two months they asked to be engaged which turned out not well for tori so (laughs) turned out well not, not well for either of them um why were we talking about this? Because <laughs> you did research and you wanted to talk about I it. wanted to tell you. <laughs> I don't know, we were talking about like how long the relationship was. Yeah. I guess I just wanted to say that their relationship was short, but his his feelings for her were quite deep, I think. Mm-hmm. It was it was more than just that they deep like liked each other. <laughs> yeah. One might say. We saw what happened to Tori's eye. Well, we kind of saw that his eye was damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the timeline is really interesting. So it says that he hasn't seen her in two years at the end of the series. I mean, sorry, at the end of the chapter. It said that it had been two years since he's seen her. Um, and it's like the event where Akito damages his eye and yells at them happens. And then Akito is like, you should, you should erase her memories. And you can see that his eye is still damaged. Like it's still bandaged in that scene. So it must not have been that long mm-hmm. after. And then by the time that he actually erases Kana's memories, the bandage is off. And you can see that his eye is, like, I guess healed. Like, it's very prominently shown when he's talking to her, his left eye. So mm-hmm. it's no longer bandaged. So I wonder how long it was in between all of those events happening. Mm-hmm. It seems like it was a while. It was also something I never really took a deep notice of, but I did this time. And I was like, man, now he has the bandage. Now he doesn't. Like, it must have been a while. It's not mm-hmm. like your eye heals that quickly. It's intense. And then the fact that Akito yells at her, the way that Akito yells is very interesting. Like, this is, we know that, we heard that Akito can be violent, I think, but we've never really seen it. Is this the first time? I think so. I think we, so. We had to mention it. We were talking about the last chapter, how, the last chapters, how we were talking about how it's kind of the first hint of, like, one of the reasons why they're afraid of Akito. Mm-hmm. Akito can be pretty violent at times because mm-hmm. they talked about. Akito hurting Hattori's eye, but didn't show it specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit, it might be a bit, I don't know, we, uh, we've we read this before, so maybe it's not that shocking, but maybe it was the first time. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It's very... It's pretty bloody. It's pretty intense. Shoujo manga. <laughs> yeah, for like 12-year-old girl manga. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, yeah, and he, it's, um, it's quite intense when he, like, he, the anime is pretty intense. There's, like, blood spatter and everything. Yeah. He um when he pulls his hands away, they're just like covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And all the way that Connor reacts is she just like covers her eyes. It's really yeah. sad. So she, the characters always say, and I also didn't look this up in Japanese because I, I don't know whatever. But the characters say that she becomes heartsick, like as if she's depressed or something. Um, it's not super clear, but she looks quite disheveled when he finally erases her memories. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that has to do with how she was coping like she wasn't coping with it so yeah she's obviously traumatized and guilty Mm -hmm. 
Yes, and she it's sad. It's so sad that she apologizes to Tori, and then he's like, "I'm the one who should apologize." It's so sad that uh, if her if her like affection was that so deep that she couldn't like, you know, forgive herself for not protecting me, then maybe it's better. Mm-hmm. Um, he struggles a lot with if it was the right decision or not, and then when he sees her again at the end, he thinks that it was the right decision to erase yeah. her memories. I think that it was interesting. I think like Keto kind of manipulated him into doing it, though. Like, it looks like what the activities that are happening when Akito is talking to him and he's like, well, you know, maybe you should just use your memory suppression technique. And mm-hmm. Akito is like, grab, cut, like, kind of clutching his tie, getting really, like, close. Akito is standing and, and Tori is sitting. So we talked mm-hmm. about before how that the position of people kind of can indicate who's in control in a situation. Yeah. Um, and Tori is kneeling. Yeah. And Akito's like whispering it into his ear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It seems like it's also manipulation. Mm-hmm. It was dark. These were some dark chapters, but then kind of uplifting, I guess. Like you get at the end of the one, uh, the first chapter, Kyo and Yuki come back to spend time with Toru, and the sun rises um, at the end. And then in this case, um, Hatori sees Kana, and I think he's kind of like he's he feels better, like that she's better off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's really like closure for him, but. He certainly, at least, it kind of closes the loop on his, his, yeah, feelings that he was struggling with, perhaps, mm-hmm. before the series began, for two years, perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I made is about like Hattori's office in the flashback, right? Because he talks about like in the current time, he says that he doesn't work at a clinic and he just treats Akito and the other someone's like Yuki. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if like he used to and like. Maybe. After all of that, he withdrew more and maybe staying more on the inside. Maybe he did start to withdraw more. I mean, it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that they have a. She's like your Kana says like you're popular even on the outside. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they were treating outside people, or if he was only like you wouldn't need yeah, a clinic to treat like twenty people. I don't think. No, but I don't think you know. I don't think Kana would be working there if it was on the inside. inside. Yeah. So. Yeah. It seems like they have a like a private clinic or something. Yeah. Yeah. But to treat if you had like 150 patients, I mean, I don't know what a regular doctor's practice is normally. Mm-hmm. If you were treating the whole family, like you could probably sustain a clinic. Yeah. Guys, I don't know, it's interesting. Maybe you're right, maybe he doesn't do that anymore. I always just assumed that he he continued to do that, but it's not clear. Mm-hmm. But I think he specifically says he doesn't like have a clinic that he works at. He just anymore. like mostly treats a keto. <laughs> Maybe that's why, maybe you're right then. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why he withdrew. Like, I feel like that's a it's a good speculative point to make. That, yeah. Like, he didn't want to be closer to anyone else. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hattori is one of the people who's really withdrawn into the inner family. Yeah. Like, he purposely yes. tries to he not be connected. Yeah. He's one of the only adult characters who still lives there. Yeah, you're right. Because they talk, because Momiji talks about how, like, when once they're adults, they can leave if they want. Mm-hmm. And we, we know Shigeru lives outside. And you know Shigeru left, but Hattori's still there, so yeah, it's a conscious choice. <laughs> There's a lot of talk of Hattori not being able to do something that Akito doesn't tell him to do, or like mm-hmm. he does whatever Akito says. I guess is more like the inverse of what I said. Yeah. Whereas some of the others, I think, are more comfortable not doing what Akito said, or mm-hmm. you know, testing what Akito says. I guess. Yeah. Um, like Shigeru. <laughs> willing to go in and flaunt that Yuki and Kyo aren't there. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it seems like he hasn't, he's very, I don't know if, like, oblig he's, feels obligated to Akito more, or, like, he just, he, it seems like he's under, Akito's got him under his thumb. Mm -hmm. So, anything else? No, that's it. All right. I think that's it for this time. I was, I thought this episode, it has so many things that are revealed, but then I was also, it's just like the last episode, we almost, it's like foreshadowed all of these things. So we talked so much in depth yeah. in the last episode. Now, like we're here, it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. well, it just like represented, like you said, it just represents what, from Tori's point of view, what happened between him and Kana. Um, and then the other chapter was the, events happening at new year's that work was foreshadowed in the first in um whatever the visit to the main house mm. Mm -hmm. so thank you all for listening stick around for spoilery discussion after the music if you're listening to that next episode we're going to talk about chapters 13 and 14 um and you can find us at all the places like tumblr <laughs> <laughs> staytogetherpodcast.com you can email us um and just once again, thank you all for listening and for supporting this podcast and for spreading the word. Um, and we'll see you next time to talk about chapters 13 and 14. Bye. Bye. So we're back to talk about spoilers. <laughs> I, <laughs> I also felt like we talked, wait, like the episode, there was way more talk about spoilers in the last one than I feel like there's going to be this time, just like I said, because yeah. we talked about so many things before. I think there's one spoiler that I, is interesting, which is that we, so like I said, I think one of the very last things I said was that we got this story about Hattori and Kana from Hattori's point of view, because we get more information about what happened to Kana later when Mayuku goes yeah. to visit her, mm -hmm. um, which is, it's yeah, like also at, extra yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was looking at the her friends at the end of the chapter to see mm -hmm. if one was supposed to be Mayuko, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think Mayuko's made an appearance yet, even. Like, all the times they're talking at school, it's like the student reps. There's, like, never mm -hmm. a teacher. <laughs> I don't think we've seen her yet. I feel... I'm trying to remember. I'll break out the yeah, cause there's thing a, again. The part when she first shows up and she, like, tells the kids to call her great teacher Mayuko, but I can't remember if we <laughs> passed that or not, but I think that's her first appearance. <laughs> I don't... We've definitely not passed that. I think so, because I think we would have made a comment. No, we definitely would have made a comment, because it's hilarious. A reference no one gets anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Mayuko. <laughs> this is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, like, every time they're at school, it's, like, all just the kids. We get some more somas. Yeah, we Sort did. of introduced and implied. Yeah, well, we got Haru, and I had to call yeah, him Hakun got... again, once yeah, again. Yeah, everyone's introduced with a nickname. I know. <laughs> yeah, so we got Hatsuharu, Hatsuharu, and they also mention uh, that Momidi will be dancing with the tiger. Yes, so. you're right. I also didn't say that at all. It's just like, the next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that sounds really cute, Momidi and Kisa. Oh, it'd be adorable. <laughs> I bet that's like the happiest dance of all the dances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like any dance with Momidi <laughs> It's probably gonna be good. I feel like Yuki, the fact that Shigure is like Yuki's dance was beautiful is probably because Yuki like tried really hard to do a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We also I noticed that um we have Haru calling Shigure sensei. Did he call him that? Yeah. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. I didn't call that out. Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah, that the the backstory behind that doesn't come up until much later, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
I was just gonna say on the topic of the dances, I bet Yushigure and Kureno's dance is like the most tense. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like yeah, Kureno is just like there, just going through the motions, and Shigure is just like filled with hate. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's like uh, it's like a Jane Austen novel when they Kureno's dance. Just like I want to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> you mean back to the main house? He just wants to get away from Shigure. Yeah, Shigure probably <laughs> stares at him across the room the whole time and like makes split balls and. <laughs> that banquet is probably chaos like can you imagine yeah. <laughs> it's like yuki kyo and, ha- and haru are fighting the whole time mm-hmm. rin is sulking akito is probably sulking regardless yeah. i think there's a scene later where they're actually at the banquet like not um yeah i think there is one where because another banquet comes up because the series takes place over two years mm-hmm. i think that time they do go back i'm having a, a memory <laughs> of it mm-hmm. I think there's at least some like flashbacks of yeah. scenes at the banquet i think so yuki like because i think yuki sits next to akito and then says something that pisses him off i think that's when hattori yeah. ruffles yuki's hair that we talked about <laughs> last chap last episode so mm-hmm. and it's adorable yeah. anyway um mm-hmm. yeah that must the banquet must be extravagant and chaotic I yes. also can't imagine a bank. Can you imagine the banquet when they were like three like when did they start having the banquet when they were all mm-hmm. little kids like do they yeah, I mean, I wonder what they do when like uh, like when the members of the zodiac is there because they say that later on that not all the of rat. them are around at the same time. But right. this has been the first time they're all all the spirits are present. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, maybe like some kind of symbolic dance or something. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, actually, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do something different. Mm-hmm. They dance by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they only started doing the dance thing when all of them were there or something. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's like only a thing when maybe they only do the like full banquet when everyone's there. Maybe. Although they said uh it Hattori said it was the first time the rat skips the skip the banquet. So mm-hmm. like I wonder if he just meant specifically Yuki, but I think he would have said it's the first time Yuki skipped it. He probably meant yeah. the rat spirit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they've been all there in the past, it's just been a while. Yeah, maybe. So maybe like whenever the rat has been present, he's the rat is always there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. This uh, maybe hopefully we learn a little bit more about it. I think there's like not much more that we learned about mm-hmm. it, but it's just again like keeping the fact that they have the banquet is to it's like keeping it's repeating the same thing over and over again. The Kyo is yeah. excluded, trying to keep things the same. Yeah, there's like all the talk, especially later on, about like the endless banquet mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's like already yeah. foreshadowed here too. Mm-hmm. That it's a big deal that they didn't go. Yeah. But I do, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I I just don't remember any bad things happening, any follow-up from this, fallout from this happening. Well, if I, if I remember right, um, this is why Akito comes to the school. Oh. In, I think, the next volume. Maybe. Because I think Akito is like... Akito's like, you missed out on the Yuki, banquet, like, Oh, I missed you at New Year's. <laughs> I don't think it's like, oh, I missed. <laughs> pretending to be all tearful. I was going to say, I don't think or, it's like that. I think it's like, I missed yeah, you at New Year's. Yeah, actually first, I think. <laughs> like, there's obviously menace hey, behind Yuki. the words, but I think, but like when Akito first shows up, he acts very friendly yeah. to Toru and Yuki, and then there's like the menace that comes up in the background. So like at first it's like, oh, I missed you at New Year's. It hurt, it hurt me that you didn't come. Yeah, it hurt me that you didn't come. I'm manipulating yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. With my words. Yeah. Well, plus Yuki's yeah. face the whole time, I think, is yeah. like also terrified. Yeah, he's completely terrified when he's there. Every time he's around Akito, mm-hmm. especially that time, though. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I didn't 
remember that it was the first time the rat skipped. Of course, I remember that Kyo was not invited. Yeah, I remember that Kyo wasn't invited, but also I didn't really remember that he was. He still had pressure to go mm-hmm. back yeah. to the house for New Year's, even though he wasn't at the banquet. Yeah, he had to go be there, which is interesting mm-hmm. that you said earlier. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, do you think? I guess maybe Shisha would be there too. Yeah. When Man, it's just like revving it in. It's like you have to come, but you still can't go to the banquet. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, like it's on purpose. I'm sure. Yeah, it's like 90% of some of the traditions are just to spite the cat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's also like on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and to keep everyone out. The fact that they even let people in, I guess, let them in the main house area during New Year's is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I never realized that. Well, like I knew Kano was like on the outside. I knew that, but I didn't realize that she knew about the inside versus the outside. Like I always wondered mm-hmm. if people knew if other somas knew about that it wasn't just like a junishi like inside people were all like oh the outside you know mm-hmm. no they all know about that yeah i think they realize that there's a whole huge section of the family estate they're not allowed in <laughs> yeah it's very interesting i wonder so akito when akito is yelling at kana akito says she can't even break the curse mm-hmm. and like i wonder if they thought that she was going to or if Akito's just saying that like, why would Akito say that specifically, I wonder? I think Akito's, like, I think there's some things that come up where it's just, like, what's the point of you for, like, any mm-hmm. outsider? Like, I think Akito's got this, like, what, you're not going to do anything, so what's the point of you even being here? More like, you, there's nothing you can do. You can't do. do anything, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, the way that Kana and Toru are directly compared is interesting. Mm-hmm. This is like, I don't know if this is particularly spoilery, but then I do think it's interesting that they are compared. It's like, it's almost like Toru was more, she's able to break the curse, but then Kana isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder why, I, I don't know. It's interesting they're set up as like a direct comparison, I guess. Yeah. I think it's also kind of a comparison to like when Toru, when Yuki's first telling Toru about the memory suppression thing, she's saying that like, like no matter what happens, I'm glad I met you and please be my friend again. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of a comparison to the, whole thing with kana like mm-hmm. like it would be better if we'd never met yeah she changes her mind yeah. but she still it's... thinks she treats it like it's her fault though like it'd be better yeah. if we never met yeah i think sure because i couldn't protect you opinion there yeah is if we'd never met you wouldn't have gotten hurt because of me mm-hmm. versus toru is like i still want to be with you although kana said that too when hitori transformed mm-hmm. she's like i want to be close to you she says yeah but then she's like i can understand why you wouldn't want me to be mm-hmm. or you wouldn't want to be close to people i, wa- I mean yeah it's also not the first time in the series that we have someone who breaks down because of finding out about the curse yeah. with someone that they love. Like it's like more like Momiji's mom, maybe mm-hmm. Momiji's mother also was just like, it'd be better to forget. I can't remember exactly what she says, but doesn't that kind of the yeah. gist? Yeah. She says it in a much more terrible way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, Oh, I wish that thing could never come out of my body or something yeah. <laughs> really, really awful. Um, yeah. And then you have like Kyo's mother who also was kind of driven to potentially to suicide, right? Based on her feelings about Kyo, the curse, I mean, comes with the, comes with the side of, of mental damage, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. For everyone, like for even for outsiders, it's going to happen to mm-hmm. Toru too. Yeah. It seems like everyone who finds out also gets, you know, like Hattori erasing their memories. It just helps them to forget. Mm-hmm. But if they stay involved with the family, it's like they're brought into this, the darkness too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, the other obvious spoiler from the spoiler discussion of the chapter is that we see Momiji in the yeah. flashback to Tori. I called it out really subtly. Yeah. <laughs> Which we don't get, uh, not a couple volumes before we get that backstory. I think it's in volume four or five. Wow. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like you can you can overlook it because he gave us the backstory about Hattori. But yeah. but like yeah, it's clearly alluding to that as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's like I liked how there were some other kind of like shadowy figures in the distance. Like maybe those yeah. are like the applied that the, the kids, or maybe it's just like all these people whose race is a race. Like I wonder how much how many people have found out about the curse. Yeah, like the fact he that makes they it sound like he's done it a fair few times. Yeah, and he's like I never cared before, yeah. but who knew? Maybe this is my retribution for erasing all those people's memories mm-hmm. to have to erase Kana's. It seemed like it was also um, I don't know if Hadori wanted to erase her memories. Like, the scene where Akito is clearly manipulating him, like, I don't know if it was, like, he did it because Akito suggested it. I think in the episode before this, I said that Hattori voluntarily erased Kana's memories or something. It, I made a comment that was, like, until he voluntarily erased Kana's, and then I was thinking about it after I was listening to it, editing it, and I was like, maybe he didn't, though. I mean, it wasn't... I think he's probably, you know. like, like torn about it, and Akito kind of, you know, tipped him one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like, it might not have even occurred to him until Akito said it, but then, like, he was able to be convinced that it was a good idea. And even at the end of the chapter, he thinks it was the end that it was a good idea, yeah. Perhaps. I mean, Akito's definitely manipulating there, but I don't <laughs> think it was completely against his will, either. It's somewhere in between, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like, he... You were right, maybe he just didn't think about it. Maybe he... I mean, I assume that he's trying to take care of Kana. Like, he's, like, no matter what I said or did, like, nothing changed. Like, he, as if it's implied that he's trying to do other things. Yeah. And I think you can read, like, you were talking about how there was some time passage with his eye healing. Yeah. You read that as kind of putting it off and seeing if anything he does will change things. And then finally deciding that it was for the best. Yeah, maybe. It does seem like it's a long time. Like, I don't know how long it would take. And also, it didn't, we didn't, it didn't show exactly what Akito did. And if my memory is correct it's like he threw a pot at hattori's face yeah right that's what it, that's what it is in the anime it in the anime i don't know if it ever i can't remember if they show it i think that they the... i think they do in oh, the yeah. that other chapter with mayuko the one where it's like also talks about what kana was like after mm-hmm. i think it might be in that but i honestly don't remember yeah. i think i think it does come back but but yeah i don't know how long it takes you to recover from getting hit in the head with pottery <laughs> so <laughs> It, I would imagine it would take a while because yeah, they're going to have to stitch your face up. and Pretty finicky. <laughs> yeah. I think face injuries actually heal pretty quickly because there's a lot of blood supply there, but I yeah. don't know about eye injuries. And they also like stitch you up real good so that you don't have mm-hmm. scars. I also have a headcanon that Hattori has really bad scars from this. Mm-hmm. I think he must. There's no way that he couldn't. Yeah, and they say that he's almost blind in his eye. So yeah. I assume that it didn't heal well. But yeah, it seems like definitely a fair amount of time has passed. Side note, isn't Hattori the one we see driving most? She yeah, I know! What the hell? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Like no peripheral and, vision? Yes. Depth perception? Yes. Well, you can have you can have monocular depth perception, but not as yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't... I've also... <laughs> I've also wondered about that. He's the only one who drives. Yeah. I think that Akito sometimes has a driver who's not a Tori. But yeah, yeah, Hattori's the only one out of the Judishi who drives. Mm-hmm. No, with his eye. It's because yeah. he's the only responsible one. It has nothing to do with his eye. <laughs> no, you're right. Doesn't matter how responsible you are if you can't see the truck <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> Whatever. Don't question the canon. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, though. He, he He's almost blind in his left eye, and yet he drives, so whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's interesting that they're compared. I don't have any other spoiler things to say about that. Again, we can talk about how the curse is changing, like the seahorse. The fact mm-hmm. that, like, Atori is a seahorse, Momiji, or, like, the Kagura is, like, a baby boar. 
like Shigure says later that they have a theory that, or like maybe he has a theory that the animals are changing and they're becoming less like their original forms because the curse is getting weaker, like the bond is getting weaker. The fact that the rat skips the banquet, I wouldn't be surprised if that contributes to that. Mm -hmm. Without this like returning over and over again to the same place to do the same ritual, it's probably contributing to weakening the curse. I think it's a lot about just like breaking the old habits. Mm -hmm. Because I was talking about how like more than being like friendlier to the cat and to Uh each other. (laughs) And then spending more time with outside people, not being so much inside the, in the gate, inside the main house or whatever, Mm -hmm. surrounded by the same people. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean they they like used to just transform into like a straight up dragon? I don't know. I, (laughs) That's what's implied. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, it was how long like. Ago did it change? Because they still think it's funny that he turns into the seahorse. Yeah. Which makes it seem like it hasn't been. Maybe that he's long the first the dragon. The seahorse. <laughs> Maybe he's the first seahorse. Maybe they transform into like a little dragon, like Mushu from Mulan. Because <laughs> it requires some serious memory suppression if you accidentally transform into a dragon in the middle of the street. <laughs> yes. Every yeah. Can you imagine? Or like a huge boar or an mm-hmm. ox. Yeah. I don't know. All, all good questions. Yeah. I wonder. That's what's implied for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we also saw Ayame from behind. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, Shigurin? Yeah. Oh, wait. I mean, his friends. Yeah. I almost said it, I think, while we were talking. Mm-hmm. Like his friends. <laughs> like you see Shigurin and someone else. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. I wrote specifically in here, like, it was like Shigurin and another friend or something in my yeah. notes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And Shigure says, and someone, one of them says that it's funny how he's the dragon's bastard child or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe with his braid. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that Haru shows up. I didn't remember that he was there this early. Yeah. Like the f- time that I remember him coming is the the race, the uh, the run or whatever that they have to do yeah. for school. Yeah, it's it's kind of foreshadowed with him saying you have to fight, challenge him to a fight. Kill next. again, as you corrected yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, they want to fight. I like how Shigeru was like, please don't break my house. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, he was going to fight at the New Year celebration. It would be chaotic. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. When they're all, can you imagine all of them together? It's like, yeah, yeah so, so Kyo, Yuki, Haru are all fighting. Kagura is probably beating up Kyo. Akito is like off to in the distance brooding. Yuki's probably with Akito. Kisa and Hiro are like hiding in the corner. Rin is probably passed out because she's sick. Yeah, Shigure and Kareno are staring, exchanging hated glance, heated, you know, hate glances full of hatred. Momiji's eating all the snacks. Yeah, Momiji's eating all the snacks <laughs> that everybody else wants to eat. <laughs> and then, like, Shigure, Ayame, and Shigure are teasing Hattori, and Hattori is busy being sad because Kana's gone. It's like, <laughs> was that everyone? I think so. Yeah, it's. It's probably chaos. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, on that note, thank you all for listening. You can find us at all the Stay Together podcast places, um, and you can email us or send us ask on Tumblr um, if you want to reach out to us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.